another exciting episode of twitching upstream uh luckily dylan got us right in under the wire there was a mm -hmm. bomb that was going to go off if we didn't stream uh yeah. quickly uh which is my fault really i was doing some stupid yeah. research on scars and and uh uh yeah now i'm wasting time here we are our tuesday show twitching upstream oh, awesome show uh it's one of uh mine and dylan's favorite shows that we do it's one of the current shows that we do um because if you don't know real boys is done so we're over that yes. but if you know us then you know uh the success that we that we have uh obtained in in our audible uh adventures here we have created such great things as silicon angels uh podcast podcast the podcast show uh create your own pod venture that's one of the coolest things ever that's actually cooler than mm -hmm. anybody that's cooler than anybody's podcast ever and that includes michael colby joe rogan and even tall John Shear. Uh, our shows are better than all of their shows. Um, <laughs> anyway, I don't know who John but, Shear is? Uh, is Paul it's, Shear? It's Paul Shear, but it's a reference if you actually know who you know. If, uh, if you listen to their shows, uh, yeah. the, he gets a lot of uh, comments <laughs> of people saying like, "We like everybody except John Shear," <laughs> and then like somebody start calling him Tall John, and uh, right. so that's whatever. Um, but so this show, Twitching Upstream, what we do here is we take one of our ideas that we've already thought up and probably pitch it to somebody uh with a very odd response and we take that idea and we just work on it and we hone it in and try to turn it into something that we probably could create once we have a uh, budget and mm -hmm. uh, uh, uh a following or something whatever what are you gonna do now, now talking upstream if you want to know more about that because you'll see one of the episodes <laughs> in the show notes here is a show where dylan and i we uh we interview creators of movies uh podcasts uh literally anything uh if you've yeah. created something we just want to talk to you we interview you and then we pitch you an idea and then together we work on that idea um and yep. then we wanted to put an off shoot show over here uh to keep working on stuff and just letting because we like talking to people um so if you want to talk to us throw it in the comments yeah literally talk to us put put it in all caps uh Whatever you shout want. it Shout it out digitally if you can. Uh, throw it in emojis and let us try to figure it out. Either way, we would love to connect with you. So please, at any time, uh, send us a comment, uh, text Dylan, email us, whatever you want to do. No big deal. We would love to chat with you. Uh, <laughs> ha ha! Did you get rid of that? That's funny. What? Uh, I thought. Okay, good. There it is. Never. Uh, also, yeah, actually, never text Dylan. Uh, so before we get working on the the, the concept, we've been doing for the last four weeks which was deadbeat uh i always have something stupid and weird to chat with dylan about beforehand as he looks over his shoulder for some reason i've got a bomb tied up i want to make sure it's not getting out you're tying up a bomb yeah and you do not want the bomb to escape right okay it makes yeah, me think um, it's on something alive it? but well, no, that's fair um now 
now that like uh you know shows are coming back and, and movies are coming back there's actually some new nerd news to talk about uh for a while things were just done yeah uh, you know covid was crushing people including my own spirits uh <laughs> but uh yeah things are uh, uh in, in a state where they don't care about us anymore go to the movies yeah. so uh or or sit at home and stream Buy one of the things, things. i want well, yeah, one of the things I want to talk to you about, Dylan, is uh, the new Moon Knight trailer, which dropped yeah. last night uh, during a full moon. I might add. <laughs> oh um, yeah. And I don't know if you know if, if I don't know how much you know about Moon Knight as a character, but that trailer uh, dropped. It, it's it's pretty good. Uh, I sent yeah. you a link to it. I wanted to get your uh, initial feedback on what you think about this and how much you know about the character that is Moon Knight. My knowledge of Moon Knight has been kind of like cobbled together from all the internet memes about him. The the dra- the panel from the comic where he is like, "All right, Dracula, you big fucking nerd, where's my money?" Like, yeah. And no. I know he's a, someone possessed by a lot of people. Some of them might be the Moon Spirit. Yeah. And he's kind of like Batman. I've heard him compared to Batman in that, yeah. like you know, wealthy alter ego, potentially insane superhero identity yeah um so moon knight himself is uh it's a pretty interesting concept that came out in um i think it was in 1975 is when he appeared and he actually appeared as a one-off character he was only designed to come in and to kill one character which was werewolf by night and uh that was it for some reason the fan base for moon knight was so big that marvel had to bring him back and then actually to give him like uh, a story and, and an idea so the whole point of of moon knight is there's this guy mark specter and mark specter is uh he's like a former uh, marine cia operator uh you know operative sure. operator he operates yeah whatever um yeah. now he uh stumbles upon like an egyptian uh curse really and it's this uh egyptian god Khonshu, and Khonshu kind of gives him these powers that are really powered by the moon so during the different cycles of the moon his powers are lessened or more so during a full moon he is at maximum power uh etc etc all right now the thing is that he starts having personality splits he has uh up to five characters if you count moon knight as a character and he it's almost like the the glass where he can kind of go in and out of characters um except they don't know that they're doing it so they all have different accents they have different kind of personalities and they don't really like each other and they don't really understand why moon knight is a thing and they keep blaming a different personality for the reason that moon knight is now if you watch the trailer the cool thing is uh the original trailer came out and it showed moon knight punching nothing right the original trailer had him nothing but in Mm -hmm. this trailer if you slow it down look closely it is werewolf by night it is a uh, a a furried creature (laughs) and he Mm -hmm. is demolishing that thing so they also show a little bit of Kanchu. Uh, there's a uh, quick shot of Kanchu opening up the elevator door um, and turning maybe into an old woman. Uh, I do like Oscar Isaac's performance so far. I like him dipping in and out of the accents while his, because that is a real, it's hard to show personalities. And I think that um, in Glass, they did a good job because his his body type was was visibly different and his wardrobe was different and his, his cadence and his talking was was different. Oscar Isaac's not in Glass. Well, I'm I'm talking about oh, doing, oh, like showing okay. different personalities in the same actor. Gotcha. Okay. Yes. <laughs> so and that, and I'm curious how Oscar Isaac's going to do it because uh, he does have a really nice British accent. He can obviously do uh, a, an easy Brooklyn accent. Um, 
So it's going to be very interesting to watch his acting style try to make sure that we know that the characters are different. And all the interviews that I've watched of him so far is that he's really paying attention to making sure the audience can decipher when each character is different. And there's actually a shot Um, in the trailer where he uh, changes characters uh, while holding a gun and the character the second character doesn't realize it, he doesn't know why he has a gun so all that is they're like oh, fucking moon knight why is he making us doing this and then they're also blaming this on a god which actually isn't really a god but it's another person whatever um now i do love ethan hawk's appearance in this trailer too looks like a cult uh, leader it looks like kevin bacon right and that's how they're going to portray it so apparently there's this whole thing about like the sun god and uh and you know Ethan Hawke's character is go. What I think is going to happen, and they didn't, they haven't said this yet, but I think that Kanchu is going to kind of possess Mark Spector, who has multiple personalities. So it's kind of hard to possess someone. And we've never mm-hmm. even, that's a, that's a weird concept that we've never talked about. Like, you know, possession, if you have different personalities, <laughs> yeah. like, does one personality be possessed while the other ones aren't? Or is just the body itself? That's pretty interesting. Um, but also, I think that an evil uh demon is possessing ethan hawk so it's like two gods battling through mortals and i think that that's a very cool concept i'm pretty interested in how they do that um so if you haven't seen the moon knight trailer uh check it out it's it's pretty interesting it's very very dark and yeah Yeah. he's he's batman because he is a nighttime uh detective based uh character that really just beats the shit out of people um doesn't kill them but will you know he doesn't really care uh so like that he's batman just because he's ground based uh he doesn't really have a lot of he doesn't really have any superpowers other than the power of the moon whatever yeah, sure whatever that <laughs> uh, means yeah. um it, yeah, it looks as- good like the the suit looks good i like oscar isaac uh yeah looks fun yeah. no i'm excited about it I, i'm definitely gonna check it out i like I, what's happening right now i am curious what marvel might what what netflix would have might have done with moon knight had they kept doing their tv shows yeah, I I think that it would not be very different now, unfortunately. Yeah. I think what Disney does is they, <laughs> they do research and they realize the things that worked in the Daredevil show or in the Netflix shows. Uh, people love Daredevil. So you think Daredevil and the villain were the first two to make the leap over into the MCU. Um, they also, you know, they like the idea of that. They like how much people like the darkness of it. And I think that they're going to use that to make a show that was equivalent to what Netflix would do, but with the budget of a Disney product. So, right, we'll see. <laughs> yeah, we'll see. And I and I'm I'm interested. That the trailer looks dark, so I have a lot yeah. of uh, high hopes. Um, as far as Star Wars news, obviously, Book of Boba Fett's going on right now. Um, now uh, this is an interesting show. Are you caught up on the three episodes so far? Yes. Yeah. What do you think about this show? It has yet to justify its existence to me. That's my thing. That's and everyone keeps saying like, "What do you, what, what do you think?" And I'm like, I don't understand why it exists. I don't, I don't know, know why we, why they made it. Boba Fett's a cooler character. With the less you know about him, the more you know about him, the more disappointing it is. Well, not disappointing. It's just purposeless. It's like what, what, what can because we know what happens years after this event. So mm-hmm. his impact doesn't really span great galactic uh, issues. Um, now in this I'm, show, I don't care about the scope. I, well, uh, like you can have a personal stakes thing about a bounty hunter, but the way they're writing Boba Fett right now is like, he's never done this before. He's never interacted with like, it's like, wait a minute. I'm the crime boss. He's supposed to pay me. It's like, yeah, man, he's 
have some have some I don't know savvy. I don't know. Yeah. I, now they're they're portraying him way more as a fish out of water than I would expect. And I'm waiting is, for them to reveal it, that he was actually in the Sarlacc for like a decade or something. That would be cool. That'd be interesting. I don't think they can do that now with the timeline they put in. Um, but I I do like I like the show. I, I like the fact that Rob Rodriguez, who is an action director superstar in my book. I mean, you you watch Desperado, that movie is just that is one of the most action-packed, beautiful things ever. But then you watch this and you're like, it's kind of a, a letdown in the action aspect. It's a very cool story. And I love I love anything set in Star Wars that isn't Skywalker and isn't lightsabers. Don't care about it's that. It's still Tatooine. <laughs> it, is, it is aggressively Tatooine and it's very Star Wars. I just don't know what we can get out of this i don't know what yeah. the point is uh now we're obviously going to get him riding a rancor at the end of the season uh and i just don't see why i don't uh, but whatever who, who cares i'm still into it uh on the dcu side now we have uh peacemaker which is the direct spinoff and i guess sequel series to uh the suicide squad done by james gunn mm -hmm. and i will say that i am loving this series a lot i think okay. that this series uh is doing all the right stuff that comic book shows should be doing which is uh accepting how ridiculous it is but also putting in real stakes now comic book shows and movies are ridiculous in point i mean they are just ridiculous yeah, yeah. what this show is doing is it's it's highlighting james gunn's amazing dialogue work uh they're highlighting some really cool effects and they're really sinking into how sad of a character can a uh a non-hero be now, have you seen any of the any of this i haven't watched it yet no yeah all right well i'm excited to hear your point of view on this because three episodes came out they dropped immediately um it's it's good. It's bingeable. The characters are great. I think it's got an awesome cast. Uh, probably the most interesting opening, uh, uh, what are they called? Opening sequences or whatever? Okay. Intros. Okay. Uh, one of the weirdest intros to anything I've ever seen. But uh, yeah, I'm, I'm a mega fan and I'm in. So now without further ado, because... I'm the only one who cares about nerd news, really. Mm. Uh, we, <laughs> we're going to get into what we do on the show, which is uh, content creation. Now, I'm going to let Dylan, uh, Dylan, I, I was going to say I was, I'm going to dare Dylan, uh, but that turned into something oh. else. So I'm going to allow Delonious Primus, uh, sure. <laughs> uh, Delonious Primordial. Uh, that's not bad, actually. I like that. I'm going to write yeah. that down. Primordial. It's like an ooze, right? It's always it's an ooze. Primordial, yeah. Yeah, primordial, mm. primordial, something like that. What? Is this primordial or just primordial? Like one word, Pri, or it... not pre. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah. So like primordial, like primeval, 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 medieval, medieval. It doesn't matter. Okay, Oof. I'm gonna let. <laughs> hey, what? Look, that's the cool thing about going live is that yes. you're just throwing baloney, whatever you want, and seeing what sticks. But uh, yeah, so don't tell us uh, where we are in this project and what we want to get done with the rest of this episode. Yeah, so uh, real quick, let me pop this tab on there. So we are doing a project we call Deadbeat, uh, spawned from a text message about a cop that gets possessed by a demon and all of the things that go badly about that. Uh, I was, of course, from <clears throat> with uh, the episode of Scott Curtis of Behind the Bits podcast. Go check that out. He's a great interviewer. Mm -hmm. And what we've done to date is kind of figure out where we like what the story is in broad strokes 
what goes where, who's who, figure out some character names and a general progression of the plot. Cool. Uh, main character gets possessed by a demon in a tablet because museum's playing a song that uses words from the tablet. He fights crime, gets captured by a cult, realizes it's not all it's cracked up to be, tries to fight the demon off, gets saved by his girlfriend and an EMT who's actually an angel. His partner, who's actually a cultist, kind of has a redemption and dies. And then uh, we end with him getting a promotion to detective, promising to take the cult down. Real brief. <laughs> what I wanted to figure out today, and I think we can probably figure this out entirely today, is where this goes beat-wise. Okay. Uh, if you do any screenwriting, people will mm. might know what a beat sheet is. Beat sheet is a progression of generally accepted story beats or like not quite scenes, but moments in the story that deliver a pretty satisfying arc proven time and time again. Uh, this particular beat sheet, a lot of them use different terminology. This one is adapted from Jeffrey Calhoun's book, Su uh, Successful Screenwriter. I've made some edits just to put things in the places where they should be, so this is fully decked out. And what it comes out to is nine beats. What he recommends is that each one gets three scenes. <clears throat> each of those scenes should be about three pages. Come out with about 87 to a 90-page script. That's it. Uh, and I wanted today to go through the story we have mm -hmm. and just like scene, scene, scene. We did the incident incident. Scene, scene, scene. We did the debate. Scene, scene, scene. Plot point one. See if we can get how far we can get. All right, cool. Um, cool. So wh where do we need to, I guess, pick up or start? So we start. Uh, the first incident of any like screenplay is going to be the inciting incident. This is what gets your main character into the story. Um, in this instance, by the 10th page, Craig, the uh, beat cop, has become possessed by the demon. Mm -hmm. In these three scenes, we should also introduce the antagonist of the movie. Tie the antagonist to the character in some way, which seems pretty easy to me. We have a scene about the cultists like trying to find the tablet, or we have the, the leader of the megachurch be like, Is it here? Yes. Excellent. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> so well, we need I, three I, scenes or sorry no good no that, that was pretty much what i was gonna say i mean i i, I think those work what you what yeah. you just said right we have those okay yeah so. cool so uh scene one uh do we start with the cultists or do we start with craig at the docks i think that we start with a cultist um and, and i like the idea of maybe them doing something that makes sense but also as an audience member uh it would make sense that craig as a beat cop would like, oh, so that's what Craig's up to. You know what I mean? Like, maybe we start with the cultists, but not really go into what they're really doing, um, but just their uh, uh, seedy behavior. Right? Yeah. And we, uh, so we see a group of cultists going about their shady business. And mm -hmm. uh, in the distance, Craig and his partner. Do we name his partner? I was just using partner for a long time. Yeah. Let's, uh, um, it needs to be like a, what, a real just cult? name it needs to be a name that you don't really uh, sympathize with like a like a pollock sure <laughs> i watched uh, face off I, yesterday i'm sorry <laughs> that's not pollocks yeah uh like pollock and Casper troy <laughs> oh man what a what a movie face off is those are um, yeah none of that movie makes any sense <laughs> except this the basic dialogue of like hey what if he just has someone else's face like yeah but yeah, wouldn't their wife know what their body looks like, right? <laughs> or, or, or teeth, uh, what, uh, or, or you anything. know, 
Like, yeah, how can your facial bone structure cannot support the same face? I mean, and the then big the end, he just steals a kid. Yeah, he's remember married. At the end, and John Travolta, yeah, they just steal a kid. They just steal a kid and go, Here, wife, uh, I got us a new a boy. <laughs> yeah, remember our and kid well, died? And, I got us a better one. <laughs> so, sidetrack on to sidetrack on to face off. Yeah, uh, Travolta's character is married to Joan Allen, right? Correct. The obvious yeah, they... way to identify your long-term married partner who you've had children with. Yep. Whip out your and, uh, yeah. But the thing is, they they have they have sex, and why Joan Allen does oh, not yeah. recognize that it is <laughs> Nicholas Cage's body, body with John Travolta's face. Yeah. <laughs> so weird. Oh, well. Everything about that's weird. It's a like, weird movie. Why? You imagine just like touching somebody's face, like even if that's like your oh, thing. Oh yeah, he, he does that weird. Like... Imagine it's like, oh, oh. <laughs> that's so yeah. weird. Anyway, all right, off a of face off. We gotta. We that's gotta get, fine. We gotta face off a of face off. Uh, so the first scene of the movie is a group of cultists going about their shady business. In the distance, Craig and Pollux realize crime is going on. Yeah. Now he's a beat cop, which means he's probably not supposed to be on, like. Uh, a stakeout or something. Um, yeah. So how do we justify that? Does he walk uh, by? Like, does he walk by? Like, kind of, and and sees lights on at the uh, uh, where are they in the port? They're on where the docks. They? Yeah, yeah. Uh, I mean, so, does, so are they, they do. Patrol. Are they driving do, by some? Oh, good. Do beat cops have cars? <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, do do beat cops get patrol cars? What if he's a horse? He's a horse cop. But you wouldn't have a partner in a horse cop. Dead horse? Like a, like a bike cop. Uh, you can't beat no. one of those. Uh, put, there are several types of police car. Patrol car. The car that replaces walking for the beat police officer. So I think we can no, justify them sitting in their car at the docks. Just kind of like... Well, yeah, or, or but see, to me, if they're sitting somewhere, that... that would say a stakeout and stakeouts don't really beat cops. So they would need to be going somewhere. Maybe they're, they're on route to like going to lunch at their graveyard shift or something. You know what I mean? And they happen to just drive by the docks and say like, that's, that's a lot of flashlights over there. Yeah. We should get down there. And the partner who's like, no, we got to get to insert eighties fast food reference. uh, Uh, Hardy's, sure. Hardy's, Hardy's is. I don't know. Carl's yeah, why not? Juniors? Yeah, <laughs> Hardy's Juniors. Uh, yeah, but Hardy then get, gauge and give chase. Uh, there's a chase scene where the cultists lose the tablet crate. Uh, Pollux gets hurt. <laughs> yeah, sure. Yeah. That's fine. Yeah. Uh, Craig recovers the crate mm-hmm. and gets. Uh, possessed. Hell yeah! Pretty much. Uh, third scene could be uh, Craig calling EMT and reporting, report, reporting, um, reporting crime. Michael shows up and uh takes Alex away. Craig packs up the crate. And now, tablet, does Michael show up faster than like than people think he's supposed to? Well, we can like have a, a comment about wow, that was fast. 
You're yeah. the fastest CMT on the squad. It's like, what, you fly here? Um, because, like, I, I guess what we're trying to do, or at least what I think we're trying to do, would also be subtle uh, alluding to Michael being an angel, but also yeah. that Michael kind of knows what's going on, and yeah. he is getting Pollux out of there faster. Yeah, um, this is a test right, cool. for Craig's character on a, yeah, on like a holy level. All right. All right. Beat two, the debate. We hem and haw over being called to action. The character tries to fight the change. And somewhere in these scenes, we need to introduce the heart. The heart character. Yeah. The character that gives now, him I, an anchor, an emotional weight. It's when he meets Trinity in a nightclub. It's when, yeah, that sort of thing. Yeah. Now, I'm liking the the thing we talked about last week, which was um, main character learning that they have a power that gives them a little more, <laughs> uh, you know, a little more oomph to their job. Um, and then I guess the next part, which would be that the fight to change would be him maybe talking to the demon and then the demon being like, look, I'll possess whoever you want, but you need to give me violence or what that, that, that scene we talked about. Right. I think that might be in plot in, in part three in beat three, the plot point one, because it seems like, Oh, okay. Cause I, I I think, Oh God. No, I know you go ahead. You go first. Because I was thinking that if, if it is a hem and haul over a call to action, then that would be the main character making a decision to push the plot forward more. Now, if it, to me, if they have a power that you know that they show them doing their job, maybe coming in early, uh, whatever, the montage of doing the job tougher, faster, stronger than normal, um, then maybe, well, I guess I think you're right though. I think this has to go to the second part because um we're going to need that one scene in the middle of those that has him going too far with his power, which would make him try to stop the possession. Right. And that's what he learns about yeah. the demon and what demon. So yeah, I think you're right. Um, so I figured we could have, we introduced Shania, his girlfriend, when he calls into a radio show, it's late. She's in, he calls in pretending to be a stranger and is like flirting with the radio person. She realizes what's going on. And she's like, you know, she plays along with it. They're fun. They have fun together. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You fun. know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. Uh, so yeah. And then, uh, one more scene in here. I think it's good. I think he, he stops the mugging, gets stabbed. We have that scene where he has a tear in his shirt and he's like, Oh, must've just missed me. Yeah. I'm really lucky. And I, I do think you're right in that maybe there is something darker that goes on that makes him wonder like something's off. Um, yeah. Uh, I don't know know what that might be. Yeah, I don't know Hmm. either. I think that we got to bring... There needs to be that conversation between Pollux and Craig. um, Because Pollux wants that... He wants that ship back, right? And then we haven't really got into that. So do you think that there should be a conversation between like Craig and Pollux about um, what happened to that stuff? Uh, You know what I mean? Like, because if... so. The way that we wrote it so far was Craig takes the evidence uh, because of the song gets mm-hmm. possessed. Yeah. And then does he takes the, the the evidence. He still takes it to the police station. right? Yeah. And then we also and then I guess in the background, we have Pollux and the cultists that break into the police station, steal the rock, realize that the rock it has nothing in it. Right. Yeah, that that that'll happen in three as well when okay. um, we introduce the supporting character of his partner, or okay. at least we can introduce his partner in in this sixth 
in scene number six. Well, I thought but, we were uh, introduced the part at the beginning. Not the partner, sorry, the mentor character who's also oh. part of the world. my mistake. Right. <laughs> um, but I, I, I agree that he and Pollux need to have a talk about it, and maybe he's like, something so, weird. Why are you pushing on this, buddy? It's like, oh, no yeah, big deal. Or, or, sure you're okay. Or maybe, I don't know how to show this, but maybe there's like a scene where uh, Craig is you know doing the normal job, and he thinks like Pollux is like kind of just staying behind for some reason. But from Pollux's point of view, there's like a little bit of like a red glow off of Craig, you know, and like he's doing okay. way too much. Uh, and Pollock's like, what's up with, you know, I, yeah. maybe we have more of like Pollux realizing what's going on um, and having to swerve and negotiate that conversation. Yeah, I like that a lot. Um, I like that as like, once once the plot gets in and we see him back on his normal day shift, Pollux is like, "Wow, you're really like super cop today, aren't you? You're really going for that promotion." And then, yeah, yeah. And Craig's like, "What are you talking about? Like, this is some <laughs> yeah. normal stuff. You're just lagging behind all day." And he's yeah. like, eh, "You're moving very fast. <laughs> yeah, you're doing some crazy stuff." Um, okay, so i think that's no. so we're, we're in plot point we're in sequence three pretty much like th this is kind of why the beat sheet exists because we're moving very naturally throughout these without really yeah. kind of stopping to differentiate them but the plot point one is the really true beginning of the story it's a moment of conflict pushing into act two so this now, would be craig being a super cop <coughs> pollux now, oh god uh we see pollux and the mentor character steal the tablet and take it to the cult and the cult realizes wait a minute Maybe the demon's not in the tablet anymore. Yeah. So I also kind of like an idea or a scene where Pollux tries to just overtake Craig. What once Pollux, I don't know where that would fit in, but once Pollux yeah. realizes that, oh, he is possessed, maybe Pollux like goes to try to like stab him or incapacitate him somehow, you know, and that really sets the demon off. Because this is the first time that he's been, like, really attacked maliciously. Yeah, that can go because in I, the midpoint, which is the death and rebirth. Because I feel like we we need that whatever that scene is that has that sparks the interaction between Craig and the demon. Yeah, and I feel like that seems like it's an act or a part three thing, right? Yeah, yeah, the betrayal okay. by the partner to the main character's kind of like knowledge. All right, so now Pollux notices Craig is a super cop and there's like a red glow or whatever. I, I like that. Um, but we, and in those three, we have to get to a point where I think Craig uses his power too much, right? Okay. He goes overboard. Okay. And he, he has to, tr at some point, he's got to try to get this demon out of him. Uh, maybe That's he later. just try. Well, I I don't I don't know if that's later. Okay. Um, I I I'm not saying a successful exorcism, but like a an idea of like something's up with me. I need to figure this out. Uh, so I almost like the idea of maybe Craig going to a normal church and just asking for an exorcism. Like I need an exorcism. I, I think I'm possessed by something, and okay. they're like what. What we don't really do that. We don't do that. And if we're, you look, a you, you... we're a Presbyterian church, we don't really do exorcisms. Yeah. Like 
It's like, well, you have to. There's something inside of me. I don't know what that scene is, but I like the scene of maybe a very stupid, lackluster exorcism, which makes the demon kind of present himself to Craig. I'm like, what are you doing? Yeah, you can't just get rid of me like this. Like, look, yep. if you want me, to, if you want me to leave, I'll leave. But just so you know, I have to possess somebody, and I need. Mm-hmm. Right, you know, you, you think yeah. that's a later scene? I I think that's almost immediately after this. I think that's sequence four, the okay. pinch, which focuses on the central conflict, which is Craig's possession, and it ushers the story forward. The demon reveals himself to Craig. Craig tries to get it out. The demon's like, no, no, no. You might not want me to go in somewhere else, so I'm going to hang out in here if you're cool with it. Okay, so then what would be the third part of number three, then? Well, we've got... Pollux notices Craig's a super cop. Something's fishy. Then uh, we need the scene where Pollux and Mentor get the tablet from the evidence room and then take it to the cult. Okay. <laughs> um, and so... the, and them, them knowing immediately that there's no demon in this. Yeah. Then, and then... they realize the demon isn't in there. Who else messed with the tablet? Only Craig. Only Craig. <laughs> Pretty much. I, I mean, right, it so could then... have been any of the other cops in the precinct, but they're not characters in the movie, so they don't really exist beyond just vague background characters. So then from then, we cut to Craig doing menial, just menial tasks with way too much power, right? <laughs> like trying to write a report and just crushing his desk and you know everything. Uh, so I, I like him having just, oh, he has too much power, doesn't really know what to do with it now. Uh, he's also trying to hide it. So people are like trying to shake his hand. He's like, no, nah, I don't want to, <laughs> I don't want to crush yeah. you. Um, and then and I, I think that might lead him down to the, the stupid church, right? And it's like, uh, what do I do? Yeah. Craig uh, exhibits demon possession symptoms, crushes his desk. Uh, has no trouble working out, indulges his vices, or is tempted by his vices. Yeah. And then maybe he has, like, um, a friend who's, like, you know, into incense or whatever, or tarot cards. And they go, hey, I did a reading for you last night, and uh, something's going on. Hold the three of demons. That's not even a tarot card. I don't know where I got it. And every card I pulled after that was a three of demons. Yeah. <laughs> um, let's see. Uh, one swisher says Craig goes in a pandemonium and meets Osama bin Laden would be an insane twist. I that would be an insane ag- twist, especially since this is set in the eighties. So yeah. Osama bin Laden would be like a teenager. Which no, is Osama bin fu- Laden would be working with Ronald Reagan in the Contra scandal. Oh, you're right. Okay, we get it. Mark mark that down because that is going to be a weird plot twist later on, uh, which I do like. Uh, thank you, one switcher. Um, oh, that's funny. Uh, yeah, I think that's really funny. Um, all right, so once he uh, shows, oh yeah, this is Contras. Anyway, yeah. All right, so once he shows these powers, uh, yeah, I think there's going to be a because he's naturally, if you have these powers, you're going to want to get rid of them or understand them, right? So you're going to yeah. seek out knowledge. Let's have so, so we have we have Shania's friend who is in who is super Catholic. She's the one who eventually gets crushed by the crucifix. What if she's like, "Hey, are you okay? You want to come to church?" He runs into her and he's like, "No, no, no, I'll deal with this myself." Yeah, I'm Next, cool with that. Smash cut to a church. Yeah, or like, or her saying like, "Oof, Craig needs to talk to somebody." Like talking to somebody else and be like, 
I've been sensing terrible things off of him. And then, yeah, what I guess it, Matt. What is it when you emotionally invest yourself in someone by like you, you, you not confess, but you talk to someone confide, confide. He confides in Shania. Yeah. Uh, she brings up church with, uh, Carolyn, I think was her name. <laughs> like maybe she's like, you know what you need? You just need God. And he's like, well, well, and they both scoff. Maybe I do. But maybe Craig does. Uh, Craig. <laughs> Lightning crashes outside midday for some reason. <laughs> yeah, right. All right. So... Um, but we need, I, I think, th I think, yeah, Craig seeks out mystical help and yeah. it doesn't do anything. Maybe he's just going nuts. Now that could and be a really funny. The demon reveals itself to him. Now that could be a funny scene where we kind of make fun of '80s tropes as well, where uh, you know, like Craig maybe goes to people like, "Hey, do you know any mystical minorities?" And people are like, <laughs> yeah. "What?" And he's like, "Every movie I've seen, there's always like, you know, like a, 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 a someone gutting a chicken, yeah. or killing a yeah. goat, oh, or something man. like." And there, do you Who's know a woman like, from Poltergeist? <laughs> Not Caroline, but Zelda the, the, yeah. Rubenstein. Oh yeah. Get Zelda yeah, Rubenstein on the phone. She's like big every, right now. Yeah. Every Stephen King novel that I've read so far in this decade has led me to think that there's a mystical minority somewhere. And yeah. they're like, look, just go to fucking church, Craig. Yeah. <laughs> cool. Yeah, I like it. Okay, um, whatever. <clears throat> no, I like it. Pretty much that scene. Um, okay. And then um, I this. think, what's that? I said, I'm glad we're recording this. Okay, no, I, I missed something. I don't know. That's yeah, fine. Um, and then we can either throw another scene in here because we're not strictly stuck to just like three scenes per beat about him kind of like starting to embrace it, or like he yeah. has his first, yeah, like Craig has his first, um, true like demon vigilante action. Yeah, like maybe he goes, and it on, goes like, very well. Maybe he. <laughs> Maybe like the the next scene is like like a, maybe a montage of him uh, just on his normal beat, um, and <laughs> I had this idea of maybe him coming across like a dog fighting scenario and okay. him just and him getting in there like let me fight him. It's like <laughs> <laughs> or just him coming across like the most rant like maybe a, a, an underground fight club, and um, you know and they're like hey look we we paid the cops like we're you can't do anything to us. Yeah, right. And he's like, I'm not here to bust you. I'm here to win this belt or trophy <laughs> or whatever. <laughs> oh. <laughs> All right. I no, I, I like I like the idea of him picking up two angry dogs by the collars and just holding them really high up. Yeah. It's like you know, and somehow call his eyes glow red and they calm down or something. Okay, yeah, because I obviously don't want him fighting a, a dog. So I like oh. that better, where he just he just walks into the dog ring with dogs <laughs> like rah, 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 going at it, and he just picks them both up, and he's like, yeah. you all know this is illegal. <laughs> yeah. And then leave, leave the dogs. Um, Carjackings, all the while avoiding Pollux's notice. Yeah, now does or he so also... He thinks. Now does he also start getting like like psychic -y demon powers like he can tell when violence is going on uh yeah, yeah like, i think so he can sense it yeah all right all right so what are we getting to next uh i'm add. i'm going back and retroactively adding a line where pollock says he'll keep an eye on craig 
while the cultists work out a ritual because Pollux uh, is conflicted about turning Craig over to the cult. Fair. Yeah. Secondary character conflict so that Pollux feels like he's not such a piece of shit. Love it. <laughs> All right. And now we have the and then uh, as he's fighting crime, all the while avoiding Pollux's notice, or so he thinks, but Pollux notices and alerts the cult. Cool. Yeah, I'm into that. Uh, death, we are in death and rebirth. This is the midpoint. This is in the uh, character has their first like significant moment that forces a literal or figurative death onto the main character. It includes the heart, which is a crescendo related to the death and then the rebirth. Mm -hmm. And the antagonist. We learn the antagonist's true motivations. They get the upper hand and they get development, which we have done because this is when they uh, Craig and Shania go on a date night. Uh, Craig and Shania go on a date night and we learn all about their positive relationship despite how little time they get to uh, be around each other. Mm-hmm. It's nice and cozy. Next scene. Craig and Shania come home. Craig senses impending violence with demon powers. Good call. And we get the reverse home invasion action scene of Demon Hulk Craig versus yeah. cultists. And then is the moment where Pollux betrays Craig. Yep. Pollux shows up and uh, Shania thinks he's there to help. He KOs her. Uh, well, you know. Oh, yeah. Uh, Craig thinks he's there to help, but Demon senses the betrayal like Judas. You know, we're, we'll hit some of that stuff. Uh, Demon senses a betrayal. Uh, Pollux uses some supernatural wackery to subdue Craig. Yeah, love that. Yeah, and then we black out. <clears throat> or no, Craig gets away, doesn't he? Yes. Yeah, okay. Uh, don't, Craig, uh, Pollux tries to subdue Craig, but Demon Craig escapes into the night. All right. Yeah. Uh, now we have the second pinch. This is where things, this is where the circumstances have narrowed down on the character. Uh, it focuses on the central conflict. It mirrors the rest of the, the previous pinch. So it mirrors Craig revealing symptoms of the demonic possession, uh, trying to get it figured out and having it go badly this time. So mm. this is when he go, uh, and we introduce supporting character too, which is so this. Caroline. So this is when he has that conversation with the beast, with the demon. Then, uh, yes. Greg talks to the demon and learns he's kind of stuck with it, except he knows a hardcore Catholic girl. Yeah. Uh, Craig goes to Carolyn and convinces her to take him to a church for an exorcism and then the exorcism goes badly the priest is killed carolyn is killed 
and Craig, uh, demon-controlled, runs off into the night once more. Yeah, I, I think that that scene is going to be really cool looking. Uh, yeah. I would like there to be maybe to, to show um, Craig, like, the power of the demon. Maybe the demon just possesses, like, everybody in the room and sure. just kills them, you know? And he's like, this is what I can do. I don't know why he would want to hang out with Craig so much, but I think it's probably like a like a lie they, or something. They like weak the demon likes weak souls, and then that's it. That is Craig's motivation to be a stronger person. Yeah, all right, cool. Love that. Everybody in the church and is responsible. For yeah, their like he deaths. possesses like say he possesses <clears throat> like um Carolyn, and then Carolyn just goes over and just like stabs the priest or the, yeah. the preacher or whatever. And as he is, you know, uh, fading, he gets possessed and he's, you know, uh, oh, does God. something back. And then and a like, bolt he... of lightning comes through the ceiling and strikes the cross at the front and just falls on yeah. everybody. And it yeah. turns out that bolt of lightning was possessed also, and it's demonic yeah. lightning. <laughs> All right. So, cool. so, uh, we got plot point two. Mm-hmm. This is the point of no return for the character. They have a new weapon, they have a new strength, they have a new knowledge, and they go to heart, the heart character for strength. And in this situation, we can justify the heart character being Michael the EMT. Who else okay. has helped Craig? Michael. Yeah. Uh, Craig goes to his only remaining friend, Michael, and gets some words of wisdom mm-hmm. concerning the problem of everybody around him dying since he got possessed. Uh, and then <clears throat> this should lead into act three. Um, so I think this is when he wrestles the demon by the river for control of his body. Yeah. Um, uh, I, I like maybe the demon having the power of being able to possess anyone who's in like the area. So Craig tries to like stay away from people, which is maybe how they end up at like the waterfront or whatever. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think I think that's I think that's kind of interesting. So, like, say you you're going in, you're possessed by a demon, and you're trying to do good, and you go into a bad situation, and just just being close can have that demon possess, yeah, anybody else in that place, and I yeah. have to like fight the demon that is it. Yeah, I think that's kind of cool. Um, and then at the end, and then finally to get to the cult, Craig finds Alex, and how how. So the fi- the final because the cult is going to try their own exorcism on him. Yeah. Does the cult call him? <clears throat> or um, get in contact with him somehow? Yeah, I guess they just maybe just like start blowing stuff up or something. You know, like making a cop come down there. Um all right, one switcher says major plot twist, Craig eats Taco Bell and eventually shits the demon out, and they play a chess game that decides his fate. I like that. Um We'll file that away as a potential idea. Yeah, look, after watching Dreamcatcher, I'm always cool with anybody <laughs> shooting, a, shooting a demon out. Yeah, oh, uh, I'm all about that. Uh, and I even like the idea of like demons just sitting down and play chess and be like, you know, I could just murder you, uh, but I'd rather beat you. Uh, yeah. I think it's funny. Um, um, all right, so the cult causes enough mayhem that Craig follows her tail to the cult's HQ. They hint maybe that they have Shania hostage. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Uh, part three, resurrection. Using tools from plot point two, the character chooses to undergo a second death and rebirth. Okay. 
So this is when um uh Craig raids the cult HQ yeah. in demon form, but he's got um what is it when you have like mastery over something? Um, uh mastery. Like, like style. <laughs> what? When you have mastery of style? Like like someone who's like a virtuoso on guitar. You would oh, say like that a, they like a have prodigy. Uh, they have a, a gift. They have the right stuff, baby. <clears throat> they have he's got the right stuff, baby. <laughs> and he's more in control of his right. demon powers. So what? Okay, what do you think about this scene? If maybe because the cultists know about the demon and what the demon is, they've actually found a way to. Um, like kidnap the deal, like uh, capture the demon, right? Yeah. And Craig, sl Craig slips out, and uh, you know now he has no powers, but he has to go back in there and save the demon because goddamn it, they're friends now. <laughs> because Craig is a position of relatively little power, and a demon yep. in the body of a megachurch pastor is going to cause far more trouble. <laughs> yeah. I like it. Um, he's more in control of his demon powers, but unfortunately. The cult came prepared with some way to pull the demon from his body. Yeah. Craig gets away, but the it's, demon honestly, is it's captured. gonna be something with like runes <laughs> and like uh yeah. ground up bones, uh some kind of smoke of things that are bound together. Yeah, that yeah. kind of stuff. And he's yeah. like, Oh, oh shit. Oh, oh shit. No. <laughs> Wait, you guys have you no. guys have all this stuff. <laughs> they were ready stuff. for us. Yeah, yeah Damn that's it. Terrific. Craig. Damn it, Craig! I just think of the uh, South Park episode of the Guinea Pigs, where Craig is the 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 prophesied one. It's like, curse you, Craig! And yeah, you know, I love all, that. all the giant Guinea Pigs. Um, the demons captured prime for possession, uh, but Craig hides like a little baby boy. Yeah, he's a little baby boy. Craig, little baby cop boy. Now, non possessed. Yeah, but in possession. Of the power of confidence and self-worth. Yeah. Uh, uses his training and human skills to overcome the cult. Yeah. He uses all five of his normal human skills. Yes. Along with basic cop training and with the knowledge of action movies. Yeah. And pulls the demon back into his body. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Craig frees Shania and... They, uh, we'll, we'll add that to the end of the last scene just because uh, he frees Shania and the yeah, cultists yeah. flee or are defeated. They just Brother, explode. Yeah. Bro, yeah. Bro, like scanners. Yeah, just straight up pop. <laughs> Brother Jeremiah escapes. Uh, Shania and Craig work out that the possession was caused by the nightshade table recording. And yeah. realize his wounds will reopen if he's not treated by someone who knows how to treat wounds. Yeah. Like a doctor or a demon. Or a demon tea. Or a veterinarian. There we go. Yeah. Uh, in, uh, and then the last one, the return, the character returns yep. to people with the gift, with their gifts. The ultimate conclusion reflecting change from the heart character is done supporting character recognizes it might implement change 
and then the antagonist suffers their ultimate defeat. So I think okay. we add in at the I think we add in um at towards the end, we move the antagonist thing a little bit up and the supporting character thing up where Pollux uh sacrifices himself to help Craig in redemption. All right. <laughs> and then so what do we end with Craig just having this demon in him? No, we end with um Craig with the Getting help saved of Shania by and Michael. Zeta, Zeta comes down. And, yeah, right. Zenu. Uh, Zenu. Careful. Yeah. They'll copyright strike us. Um, they will. Yeah, I'll fight them. You can't say Zenu. Right. I mean, yeah, you, you can say the Z word. X, but yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Craig, with the help of Shania and Michael, uh, gets exercised. Um. When it looks like he might die due to his accumulated injuries, he is saved by Michael. Uh, Craig wakes up in the hospital. The tablet has been returned to the museum. Uh, the cultists have been reduced in power. And Michael winks. Uh, and then, uh, final scene, uh, Craig got his promotion to detective. Yep. He's going to bring down Brother Jeremiah using human wit and ingenuity. And then uh, Stinger... Shania is possessed. At the museum... <laughs> Janitor walks past oh, yeah. the tablet with Nightshade. Playing on his Sony Walkman. Playing on his <laughs> Sunny Run Boy. Sunny Sprint Fella. <laughs> the runes glow red and we smash to credits. And Hell that, yeah. Those are the scenes that make up Deadbeat. Now and all we have it. to do is write a 95-page screenplay. Which should be no problem whatsoever. Yeah. Uh, yeah, that's, so that's it. it. That's the show. We, we did have it. completed another project. Uh, this is episode 42 of Twitching Upstream. Um, you can see all of these episodes over at YouTube, uh, on our channel, Some Nobodies. Now, we also have 42 episodes of Talking Upstream. So, this is mm. that cool thing where it's like, we did it. Uh, we, we have roughly, I guess, two seasons technically of this show now. Um, yeah. but yeah, one so, of them wholly independent. 84. <laughs> Tune into your some nobody's NFT soon. Uh, brought to you by Pod <laughs> Pod TV. Um, so if you want to see what we do, check us out over there. Uh, we have forty two episodes of us interviewing people and talking about stuff. We now have forty two episodes of us developing more of these stories, which is cool. Uh, there's a couple episodes of Dylan teaching people how to write rightly, uh, which he hates that name, but we're going to change it once he thinks of something better. Yeah. You can also see all That's the weird me. stuff that we do. Uh, and uh, But most importantly, just thank you for paying attention to us. Uh, we love uh, talking. I like talking. Dylan likes shaking his head at things yeah. that uh, I probably uh, shouldn't have said, I guess. Whatever. Yeah. Uh, but either way, we love uh, making up content. We like coming up with cool stories. And we like talking to you. We like dealing uh, with things that you folks are interested in. So, uh, number one, thank you to one Swisher. Uh, Swisher. Right, Swish A. Yeah. Seems well, like an appropriate amount. Swish A. I think Swisha. you had it right. 
Yeah, one swish off uh, for some awesome comments. Uh, thank you to Scott Curtis for helping us come up with this story. Uh, you can check out that show if you want to in the show notes below. Um, thank you to some cool people like Michael mm-hmm. Colby. He's got some awesome stuff going on, so go check all his stuff out. Um, yeah, we have a new show coming out soon. Well, I guess we have a, a new season of another show coming out soon. Yeah. No Time to Binge. Uh, we're working on that. That'll be a cool thing where we just watch the first and last episodes of a season of a show and then just kind of make up what happens in the middle. Yeah. But we have so much stuff out there, so check us out. Uh, Dylan, do you have any words of wisdom before we head out? Writing is just a matter of putting words down. That blank page is intimidating, but uh, just keep doing it. Your first yep. draft is going to suck. He's right. Yeah. Right, 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 right. You're probably going to hate it, but trust me, later on, you're going to be glad that you wrote it down. Mm-hmm. Um, but until next time, folks, uh, you can find him at Vorpal Words everywhere. <laughs> you can find us at Sub Nobodies. Uh, I have been Zach. He has been Dylan. Almost. And you've been great. Have a great day. Drink some water. Bye, everybody. Thank you.